Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. So I've had a couple of questions. Um, one of them was, I guess, and I'll ask you this first before we move on to the next, because we're definitely going to get into limited 15 conversation, but what is the direction that you have personally for USPSA? Because you have an election coming up here in how many months? Four months, I think, is what it is. Six months. Six, six months. months. So you got six months before an election comes back up for you have to go campaigning. Well, I guess you're going to be campaigning for the next six months if you even have time for that. Um, but you're going to sit down and, you know, a lot of the conversations have been happening with the divisions. So I, it's been, so, I've been in the sport four years and I can't remember if I was confused by the divisions because luckily I had some shooters in my area that I started at that were able to explain to me the divisions, right? They explained to me the divisions. So I understand how it can be confusing because we do have quite a few divisions, but I don't shoot all of those and I don't have to explain a lot of those. Like a lot of the new shooters that we bring in, we just put them right in a limited, right? Cause most guys can't, they don't have enough mags for 10 rounds for production. They don't have enough equipment or, you know, mag holders or anything for to production, right? It's a great division. It's just because of the round count, it keeps people from being able just to truly jump in. Uh, most stages are 24 to 28 rounds. So at 24 to 28 rounds, you know, there's three reloads or two reloads at least most guys are lucky to have two mag pouches that start. So that's why a lot of them, we just put them right into, we just tell them like, look, you're brand new. You're limited. Just try limited. Right. So you can have all the rounds that you can in your magazine, which sucks because they're not going to be competitive, but they're not competitive anyway at the beginning, but they don't know that. Right. They, they, they think they're going to win the match when they get there. Most, a lot of guys. So it's like, do you feel like at this point, we have too many divisions or let me, let me rephrase it this way. Instead of making you answer your personal opinion, because is the USPSA looking to minimize divisions or do they feel like there's too many divisions? Let's start with, let's, let's ask it that way. Does the USPSA personally, are you guys as board members and the president of USPSA having conversations thinking, wow, this is too confusing for people. Or is it just, this is the way it's always been. This isn't really that big of a problem. We just have a few people that don't like it. So I, I think there's really two ways to answer that question. You know, one was a question, uh, a, a discussion I had with a regional director, which is um, if you look at the way the organization is structured right now, you know, like any other business, you're, there's usually somebody that is trying to think about like, what is the direction the organization is going right? What is the strategic yeah. direction, right? What are we doing three, five, you know, just kind of this totally outside the box of, you know, Hey, what should the sport look like? And as from what I can tell, that kind of structure doesn't exist, right? Because we don't have a very big back end, right? You know, most of the uh, permanent staff that you have there, you know, it, it's a it's a much leaner organization than uh, that I think people recognize, where having these sort of strategic philosophical discussions on, you know, well, what is the nature of the sport? You know, is it supposed to be martial? Is it more of a sport? You know, could it be a sport that is practical that still has martial elements to it? And then what do the divisions look like? You know, those philosophical discussions occur, but they occur kind of here and there and not necessarily in a sort of, hey, you three guys, right? Like, I want you to just think like, hey, you know, do these divisions make sense? Does this division make sense? Um, and then bringing it back to the board and going, okay, you know, these are some 
ideas that we have on divisions based on you know where we see the markets going, where the trends are, right? I mean, look, I I, I love production when I started. You know, I liked the re reloading. I liked iris. That's what I had. Um, and at the same time, you could also philosophically say, well, is production really supposed to be a ten round division if it's supposed to be a division that you know some guy can show up off the street with what they buy uh, at a gun store and shoot a match? And the answer is not really. Right. I mean, we're going to ask them to buy more bags and, and do all these other things. <laughs> you know, is it really fair to put them in limited? Right. So when we look at the participation numbers, right, limited is roughly what 18% of participation. Uh, but we kind of know that of that 18%, half of them are guys that really should be shooting production. We just yep. tell them to load up and shoot to limited. Yep. So the discussion is happening. And I think that the, uh, a, a better answer to that is, you know, where are we looking as an organization strategically for, hey, you know, we're still dealing with all these little things here to try to, you know, uh, massage the rules, but big picture wise, you know, is this something where we would go, okay, you know, open kind of makes sense. You know, it's kind of the F1 division revolver and single stack. Yes. You know, from a participation's perspective, you could argue they don't belong, but at the same time, they're a unique enough platform. And then you've got everything in the middle and that middle is really where it, it, it's, you know, we've tried to basically make divisions based on mechanical differences or sighting system differences. And, you know, we, we've not, we haven't necessarily sat down and go, well, is this really how should we should separate things, right? Um, so having, having that, sort of, uh, that sort of strategic committee, which I wanted to, you know, talk about with the board before the in-person board meeting is, hey, you guys are here to look at, you know, hey, three years down the road, does this division structure make sense? And, you know, even those ideas that people have talked about, right, with uh, high cap optics, low cap optics, you know, high cap irons, low cap irons, major minor, so on and so forth, you know, those discussions are happening at IPSC as well, where it's like, hey, you know, this is really kind of where we, where we could potentially see that. Uh, but when you're talking about a significant change, right, I mean, change is, is hard. Right. I mean, you know, you started off with PCC, you know, PCC first comes out and everybody thinks PCC is just like, oh, God, why is this thing in there? Mm -hmm. ah, uh, you know, but I mean, even when you think about carry optics, right, you know, uh, I remember when when Phil Strader was first coming up to carry optics, you know, we had a guy out in Colorado that basically shot it open. And the, the responses to carry optics at the time were very similar to the responses about limited optics or anything like that. Yeah, there's a division for it. it's called open. And I don't think anybody could have foreseen, uh, you know, I'm not even sure Phil Strader could have foreseen that, you know, it would become 40% of our participation, that it would take off like wildfire. I think he, uh, I think he saw it ahead of time. Honestly, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, he is, he is probably, the SIG was probably one of the first guns in USPSA that really, they really produced a gun for, well, look at Max Michelle, bro. The guy shot it for five years with almost nobody in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Not to say he's not didn't earn them. He's amazing. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is not the real competition didn't really catch on until really in the last two years. So, I mean, it's I mean, I remember when I started four years ago, uh, I, I remember my buddy telling me, dude, you got to do carry optics, carry optics. And I'm just like, yeah, but the fucking dots are constantly breaking. I'm good. Like, I don't want to fix my shit all the time. Little did I know that I really like the red dots, <laughs> you know, but, you know, now, I mean, the equipment's better. Uh, you can buy a production gun with a red dot, even if it's not specifically what you want, but you can buy a damn production gun with a red dot. Now the industry's changed. We've changed with it. And I think a lot of shooters have shown 
that they change with basically what, you know, they like it. It's not just, I don't really shoot divisions for competition. I've had somebody ask me that actually, that's one of the questions I had. What makes me shoot carry optics? I love the gun. I love the division. I love everything about carry optics. I love that the majority of my students shoot carry optics. Um, but I love the freaking Canic rival, dude. I love the Canics. They just, they fit me. I love that gun. It's, you know what? I will choose it over any other gun that I own. I mean, so what are you buying me, the steel? When are you buying the new steel from that just came out? I might be going to the shot show to hopefully get a beg and plead to uh, find some sponsorship from Canic this year. I don't know. They don't, I don't know. Well, you actually, are, are you going to be at shot show? I'm going to shot show this year. All right. Well, Jody and I oh. will see you there then. Oh, that's awesome. Good. There. So I'm going to go there and uh, try to grovel for some, <laughs> for a, like a screw on the grip or something. I don't know. <laughs> just, uh, I've, I've never been, um, the shooting academy is growing. I just kind of want to see what it's like. I, I feel more of the industry now than I ever have. Um, so it's, it'd be interesting to kind of see what it's like. Um, but uh, crap, where was I going with the, Oh, so I, you brought up something in that conversation earlier about uh, participation numbers. And I'm really interested in, cause I hear this a lot and I don't like it. <laughs> I hear this all the time that we should get rid of a division cause nobody shoots it. So at what point do you get rid of a division? Let me ask you this. What is USPSA's opinion, like as a group, like obviously you have these conversations with board of directors, is participation a thing that makes, creates decisions? Like we need to eliminate single stack. Or we need to eliminate um, revolver because no one shoots it. Or is that even in the discussion? Because I don't like the fact that because it's not the most popular division, we just eliminate it. It doesn't make sense. Like production right now, if you change to 15 rounds, I think you would see limited numbers go way down. Um, I really do. I think you'd see numbers go way down, but, and, and everybody would start going back into production because now they can shoot their normal division and have a chance to win that, win that division like they would normally. But again, that's just my opinion. I just, uh, to me, rounds at this point are what bring most people to divisions, right? A lot of people love PCC because they don't have to reload. They get to shoot the entire time. Uh, a lot of people love limited because they get 20 rounds instead of 10 rounds, even though it's iron sights, major versus minor. A lot of guys like major, a lot of guys hate major because of what it costs, but they get to shoot 20 rounds. Right. So, I mean, that's just, I think round count at this point is something that most people are choosing their divisions for. So is that something that USPSA is looking at? Like, all right, well, single stack, I mean, single stack is a classic division. Like we have its own nationals. We used to, and it sells out all the time or does really well. I thought, I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that, but when it's single stack by itself, a lot of people participate in that. Right. But if you give someone the option of single stack versus carry optics, you're probably not going to get much of a decision there. It's going carry optics. Right. Yeah. I mean, so as far as like actual activity and participation, you know, that's, that's only one aspect of many, that's only one data point to consider, you know, it's not the only data point. Again, right. you know, we sort of talk about revolver and uh, single stack, um, you know, they are two unique divisions. Right? But it is a, a consideration? A, a consideration maybe in terms of like what you do for major, like for a nationals or for a major batch. No, but no, again, no. No, I mean, as in eliminating the division, like, like would that go into a, a, something to put it on the table to eliminate a division? Like, is that the main big. driving source? Like, let's just say, like, revolver is a good example. Not a lot of people shoot revolver, but 
when you have a nationals that allows revolver that, you know, people, 150 people shoot it, 100, 100 people shoot it. Well, I don't know what the last one was, but I do remember there used to be about a hundred shooters that were shooting revolver. Yeah. About a, yeah. I think those numbers sound about right, but you know, as, as far as participation, you know, it's, it, it could be one of many considerations, but it's not a primary consideration. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't participation in divisions, I think goes up and down. Right. It just like PCC was one of the most popular divisions for a long time. And now it's not the most popular division or it's, it's not the second or the third, you know, it's getting, it's falling away to some of the pistol divisions again, but it's still a popular division. So at what point do you say, Oh, well, it's not the most popular. Let's get rid of it. I just, I just, those are things like where we get to a point where the whole point of this sport is so everybody can play. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be practical shooting at the end of the day, not pistol shooting. It's practical shooting and, and PCC has, has a place. So when does the when does the conversation come into like I I, I want to open this up a little bit because I want to ask Tyler this question because Tyler was a production shooter I've met Tyler when he shot irons and shot production solely like that's all he, I remember him ever shooting so what changed because now you shoot nothing but carry optics right yes so why did you get out of production what was the reason because in my mind I wanted. Um, more of a challenge and so the challenge to me was in this case not 10 round stage planning it was all the really good shooters are shooting carry optics now so i better join the club because it, when i moved here to south carolina at every local i was like the only production shooter and that really sucks <laughs> like it it sucks being the only person in your division and everybody yeah. else is shooting limited open and carry optics and there's like one revolver guy and one production guy. That was me. So I just was like, dude, tired of this. And I, I switched to limited at first because it was just to have the round count to try mm -hmm. to, I I'm actually, you know, I care about the overall results, not just the division results. So I was like, I want to compete with all the open guys as well and test myself. Um, so yeah, it was mainly just round count. Like you said earlier, rounds made me choose a different division. And then I decided one of the big things for me too was I didn't want to go all the way across the States to Colorado to shoot production nationals at that time where it was going to be at Colorado. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to get a dot and I'm going to just do it, you know, here and not go all the way to Colorado. That was one of the big driving forces was just, you know, nationals and where it was located. But, um, and then I switched and I was like, dude, this is the shit. I love this division. It's so much fun. And so I haven't gone back since, but I will say that, if we did do something like change it to 15 rounds or do the, you know, standard capacity fit in the box thing, like 17 or whatever, I would probably bounce back and forth more because then I'm not sacrificing the rounds so much, but I'm still getting practice on both divisions. Yeah. I, I, I really do think the driving force for a lot of these divisions going down is round count. I mean, single stack, you'll never see, you're never going to get a 20, 24 round mag in that bitch unless it's just, it's a straight up open division. <laughs> you got a banana clip hanging out the bottom of your, you know, your holster there. But uh, you know, there's divisions like production that you can drive some life back into them with the rounds. I mean, I truly believe that that is a, the driving force for it going down. And I also see, I guess, I guess you see it the most in the most competitive division or the, the most competitive shooters, the guys who go to all the nationals, go to area matches and like actually care competitively about the sport. 
I think those are the guys you see the most, I don't want to say the most complaints, but those are the guys that always say something about all the competition is too spread out. So I think that's why Carry Optics Nationals does so well is because everybody goes, that's why the individual nationals are very good because you get all the people go into that one nationals and they work, right? They're all shooting against each other. So a good example is like for me, which I don't know if anybody considers me competition at this point with my shitty standings, but um, when I go to PCC nationals this year, I'm going to shoot PCC instead of open because they're together, right? Because I, I, I want to see where I can actually go with the rifle this year. Uh, plus honestly, man, open is, is pricing me out. Like I went to go look at powder. I actually just talked to somebody about powder is like 290 bucks for an eight pound jug. I'm out. I'm good. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it's just super expensive. So that kind you're of, you're not, you're not a poor also, Tom. You're like a contractor. I thought you yeah, made a, that fat contractor on, money oh, in Florida. <laughs> so the funny part is, is I'm a poor now because I decided to quit doing construction and just try to be a full-time coach. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, oh. when you switch your jobs, you don't, it's not, you know, but oh. Hey, I'm going to tell you what, and I don't think a lot of people know this unless you've started a business before. If you put energy into two businesses, they both suffer. <laughs> so you have, you can't separate or spread yourself too thin to the point where, so one thing that bothered me about the shooting Academy was I couldn't give my full attention to my videos, right? I'd make videos. I'd post like five or six videos at a time. And then I wouldn't be able to post a video for a month because I was too busy with the construction and I'd have all this content I want to shoot. Well, Todd knows he helps me do a lot of stuff with the, the, the insider circle and the master membership. And I'm like, dude, I need this. I need that. I need this. And it's like, Jesus, dude, I could do this myself. If I wasn't fucking slinging a hammer right now. So it's just one of those things where, you know, like I just redid the website, Todd and I went down, sat down and did a bunch of stuff on the website. So like, I'm, I'm really pushing a lot. I did 11 videos the other day because I didn't have construction jobs. So it was like, I just made 11 videos and banged them all out. Like, boom, like in one day I posted 11 videos and I'm just like, oh, this is what it's like to do this for a living. Like to actually focus on this hundred percent and put all my energy into it. So it'll help. I think it's just going to make the product better. It's going to make me better as a coach, better as a, you know, content creator or whatever. But well, don't, don't forget, you have to put up daily motivational videos on your Instagram. I actually post a lot of, um, I post a video almost every day. And it's always an education video. I never talk about my scores and I just, I don't do that stuff anymore. Um, when I first started, I thought I had to, but I, it, it's, I just don't do that. Everything's educational now, but it's funny. Cause I see a lot of ed, uh, motivational stuff and I'm just like, God, that's so good. And then I'm like, nah, not going to, not going to be that page. Like I'm not going to keep posting this shit. <laughs> there's always something, you know, you can always, there's always a chip on your shoulder if you want to be good. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you know, you can always find a negative to uh, motivate you. So Jody tells me the first there. time. Jody tells me he's the first time you guys started talking. You're like social media. What is the social media stuff? Yeah, it's so funny. Dude, now I do it every day. I still hate it. I still hate it. It's just part of business, but I, I still absolutely hate it. It's I just there's so much trash and negative shit on it. I just I do a good job not following any of that stuff. Like the like kind of with the suspension stuff. Like it got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm out. Like I'm just I'm tired of hearing it. Like I heard it and we're not getting anywhere we're, well, all it is is negative we're not moving forward with it we're not gaining anything out of it it's just all you know deconstructive con criticism and not it just i got out so i just tapped out of it all up so a lot of people were like hey did you hear about this like i don't care move on <laughs> but with the um i'm interested in 
the the limited division that we just or let, let me go back to production real quick before because I want to lose that point. So with production, what's the word on production right now? Have we just have you guys discussed that doing a full mag capacity with the mag or doing 15 rounds or what have you guys discussed on with production changes in general? Just that division right now. So that particular discussion is is really just starting. Um, it was it was really actually very uh, Troy and I talked about it at the world shoot. Um, it was actually you know it was a very constructive discussion and to you know really just putting that out there for the membership to go look. We're, we're actually trying you know we actually want to take a serious look at the production rules uh, with regards to magazine capacity and these are some of the options that we're considering. What do you guys think about that? Um, just you know. I, I know I don't want to bore people about bylaws, but you know the bylaws basically say that if we want to make changes to existing equipment divisions, uh, equipment changes to existing divisions, we have to put it out in front of the membership. I think by September. So it, it you know we're actually we're actually doing better than that by saying, hey, this is something we're actually thinking about. You guys get the whole year. To, to kind of go, yeah, I, th I think this makes sense. No, I don't like this. You know, production should be 10 rounds, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And we wouldn't even be able to vote on it until the in-person board meeting in January, 2024. So in a way, I, I appreciate what, you know, we're doing as an organization is actually getting these proposed changes out in front of the membership to be able to discuss for an extended period of time. It also gives us some time to be able to do some assessment of, you know, okay, what, what would actually fit in the box, you know, is, is you know, is, is capa magazine capacity that fits in the boxes that give you, you know, roughly a competitive, rough competitive equity, because we have a box to be able to retain that, you know, what, you know, and, and really just trying to think about how somebody might potentially game those rules out so that when it's, you know, finally up for a vote, you know, we've, we've, the, the membership has had, the membership will have had easily a year to, you know, let us know what they think about those proposed changes. So talking so, about the box, talking about the box, since we're on that conversation, do we have a specific manufacturer that the only box that counts is that box? Or do we have just dimensions? Uh, there are some dimensions that are publicized, but if I remember correctly, ED EGW makes the official box and there's two versions of that box. There's a box that actually has a lid that closes and then there's just a, a frame where you run a straight edge on top. So why do we have two versions of that box and not just one box? That's a really good question. They're, they're because you know what that does? That's not the same box. Uh, listen, I'm a contractor. If you make, like I know most of this stuff's made out of wood, metal, like I'm assuming, but guess what? metal shrinks and moves and not everything stays perfect. It gets dropped, unsquared, you name it. Uh, but you should have consistency in that, right? You well, also the, have the, the measurements aren't always perfect. Right. <laughs> even if it's a CNC Well, the box machine. dimensions, the box dimensions, I mean, it's not, it's not a fixed dimension too. So even within the rule book, there's, there's a tolerance, uh, there's a tolerance stacking that's provided there. So right. it's to account for the fact of, yeah, like you might be, you know, you might be slightly off. So, well, I know. So I just, I, go ahead, Tyler. Add to that, there are majors where my production shadow two fit in the box, just fell right in. And there's times where somebody had to kind of like scratch the top of my front side to like get it in there. Like, you know, like this fit in the last major match, you know, box real easy. So, the uh, oh, and while we're on that subject, I've heard some people say keep plastic. OEM mag base pads like 
Hell no. I'll quit the sport if you keep if you make it so we can't use shock bottle base pads or something. So like let's talk so about <laughs> so Tyler, I'm glad you brought that up because Todd just actually put that in the chat. Um Todd, you want to read that? Read that out loud real quick about this is the uh, equipment change proposal for production. Yep. Um, option one, increase the capacity for production division to the factory capacity with the following options being proposed. Um, A is factory capacity with no aftermarket base pads. Tyler just B quit the sport. Factory capacity with aftermarket base pads. Gun must still fill in box. Existing rule for size, but increased capacity. C, 15 rounds maximum, and D, no change. Um, I'm a fan of B, but I don't, that was my vote of one of 35,000. So we have, a, we have a group chat with a bunch of guys that we shoot with in uh, South Carolina. And uh, one of the conversations that happened in that um, group chat, which I thought was very interesting, was not every gun is going to have the same mag capacity. So a great example is like the Canic for me, I can get 23 rounds easily in my magazines. Not, not, not like jam them in there, but I can get them. Like, I don't have room for another round. That's the way that I have the gun set up, but I can easily get it where it consistently works. And I don't have any problems, but there's other people that if they set that same set, set their gun up, they're going to get 22 and they cannot get 23 to work right now. Again, that's, that happens to be works for me, but if you set it up with production where the production magazine, like Canic sells a 20 round magazine production. Uh, Canic also has an 18 round magazine production. There are other guns out there that are production guns that come straight from the factory that you can't get a 17 round mags in. They're only 17 rounds. So at some point, where do you, as an organization go, Hey, listen, that's an advantage. Cause I, even though some people, well, you have to like levels of shooters are going to know one round is a, is a huge advantage. Sometimes if you give me a 24 round stage, and I can get 25 rounds in my mag or my gun. Guess what? I got a makeup shot. Nobody else does. They're going to have to do a reload at 23 or 24. And then they can't make that makeup shot. So again, it's just like those little things, but how is, when does that become a competitive equity issue? So if you don't do a, a capacity on the round count, if you don't say 15 rounds, then it becomes an arms race to where everybody shoots the same gun because they can get 18 or 20 rounds versus a 17 round mag. Uh, and it's it's a legitimate question, right? So, I mean, I'm assuming with your Canic, you can fit 23 rounds and it it still fits the box. Oh hell yeah! That, with base Dude, that thing is awesome. No, 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 that's that is for for carry optics is what I was discussing, okay. right? But I meant right. for production. If you get because obviously it has to fit the box, but for production, you're going to get a you can get a 18 round magazine from Canic, right? But there's other guns that can't get any more than a 17 and still fit the box. Even though it's 10 F can get 19 in there. And then an, I'm not sure if you threw a grams in there, if you can get 20, right. you know, and then that's kind of a huge advantage over. So maybe instead of 15, make it 17 or something. So it's like, that's pretty standard for most full size guns, but. You go back to, you go, you go back to counting, right? Well, I mean, anybody, anybody who says like, I mean, really there's only what two divisions that are, factory limited to capacity right single right. stack and revolver you know if you take a look at open right open there's a variation you can get what anywhere between 20 to 30 rounds depending on how far you want to push it in a magazine right. uh limited major you're what somewhere between 19 and 22 rounds right there's a round variation there too um you know even with the carry optics right initially it was what 23 reloadable 
Um, you know, there's those rune tactical base uh, followers out there right now where you're like, oh, now I can do 24 reload. I just got right. those. Haven't tried them yet, so I haven't done any talking about it yet. But those I just are twenty-three um, reloadable, twenty-four max, by the way. Right, twenty-four max. But again, you know, you're you're basically taking something that is a set standard at one forty millimeter, and someone goes, "Oh, well, I can make this work with more." Right? I mean, you know, Luigi. What Luigi used to run twenty-five in his Walter. I mean, he had yeah. to shoot major for his first couple of rounds to get the slide to cycle, but you, you know, he could work, he could, he could make it, he could right. make it work within those rules. Right? right. So, you know, anytime you have that question about, well, there's competitive equity, it's like, okay, well, we gave you a, a, a list of rules to function within, right? right? If somebody happens to build a better mousetrap, then okay. Um, yeah. Does it allow you to have a better makeup shot? Sure. You know, can I, you know, can somebody still win if they shoot better and they don't need those makeup shots? Also true, right? Sure. Uh, some of that, it, it depends on the stages that you run into. It depends on the designs that are out there. Um, you know, just just when when anybody talks about 15, right? Realistically, at the 30 stages I shot at the world shoot, 15 rounds just meant I had more makeup shots. That's yes. really all it meant. That's uh, what I, that's, it allows you to shoot. That's why I like the rounds. It's not that you should shoot them. You should shoot what you should supposed to shoot but it's nice when you don't have to go one two three four eight shit i gotta go make an extra reload right right so and, and that's still possible like, that's what I mean, opens it up yeah no that's still possible i mean in a 32 round count at a 32 round count stage there was a 32 round count stage where you're going i have to do two reloads because yep. otherwise i'm doing 16 and 16 wait where crap right. i'm doing an extra reload somewhere because you just don't know yep. so the, the argument about competitive equity and, and round count, it's like that, that, that round count difference exists on virtually every division. Right. Some people are yeah, just but able I, what to. What I mean by that, what I mean by that is it it's, I guess technically at the end of the day, it's all an equipment race, but what his complaint were, I don't want to say it was a complaint, but his concern was that it becomes a, a an equipment race. So like production's a good example. Production should be, I buy it, I shoot it. I don't put a trigger in it. I don't, well, I, and I'm not a purist. So don't, don't get me wrong. I'm all about putting a nice trigger in it and, and making some changes, getting a grip that actually doesn't this slip. This is like, some people's arguments. <laughs> right. So yeah, right. Exactly. Cause I, I don't like personally, I kind of like the way it went where you could put a trigger in. And if I'm not a big fan of thumb rest, but dude, if you think that's going to make you a better shooter, rock and roll, bro, put your thumb rest on there. I also like that we allow manufacturers guys, we need sponsors. So bringing manufacturers into this sport, allowing them to make parts for people to try and using their gun brings money to the sport. The problem is, is we don't do good enough bringing that money to the sport. It just goes in their pocket and we don't get any of it back. Right. Does that make sense? Like we're not bringing them in as sponsors. Like we have the same sponsors at every nationals. We need more sponsors that we need to bring those people in. So if we opening up those kind of a rule, those rules, it's not because we're allowing manufacturers to make those decisions. I'm assuming but we need to bring those manufacturers and hey listen we're help sell your product come help us right let's give do a give and take i just i don't maybe you guys reach out i don't know How, i just don't feel like we reach out enough to sponsors like we have the same sponsors at every match why why can't we find these guys like lock grips is a great example dude everybody i know that shoots a shadow has those how the hell are those people not at nationals selling grips <laughs> i just I don't understand why we don't reach out to companies like that and say, Hey, listen, we really want you guys to come out, da, 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 whatever it is. I, I just don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just feel like we need to push more to those sponsors and bring them in. 
So I don't know. I'm big about sponsorship, dude. Um, for a guy who's not sponsored, <laughs> I just, I'm big about sponsorship. I think you should take care of sponsors. Um, the few that we have in this sport that are dedicated uh, are just awesome. Like, and they really keep this sport, you know, promoted. I just don't feel like we promote them enough back. So that's just whatever. Anyways, I'll get off my sponsorship rant. Um, so the limited, the limited optics conversation, what, what spurred that conversation? Like, is that the manufacturers are the manufacturers putting enough, you know, like bug in your ear and in, in USPSA's ear to ha- say, Hey, listen, we need to really look at this. Are the shooters sending emails constantly to their area directors? Where, where is this conversation coming from? Like internet, is it social media? Just listening to people on social media all the time or. So when, when the topic of limited optics was first brought up, I think at that point, it, it, the perception was that, and, and, probably accurate is that you had a certain set of manufacturers that were sort of asking for that. Um, and at the same time, the board at the time was not necessarily, wasn't really getting a response from the membership saying like, Hey, this, we really would like for this to be a thing that didn't necessarily have a, a vested financial interest. Um, now you get to the point where Springfield comes out with a prodigy, you know, you're starting to see that it's not just uh, this flash in the pan, you know, Nighthawks coming out with a, a, a high capacity 2011 that has uh, cuts for optics on it. And you, you basically get to the point where there's a significant enough critical mass and you're actually getting enough of a request from the membership. The big challenge that we have within USPSA right now is that when it comes to any sort of innovative design that doesn't fit in a box, there's no way for us to be able to evaluate the viability of innovation without either saying, hey, you're going to go to open, which look for all intents and purposes, yeah, you can do whatever you want in open, but the reality is open is a 2011 with a comp, a frame added optic that shoots nine major or 38 super comp. Like that, that's really what open division is, right? There's no way for us to be able to subdivide that and say, okay, some guy came out with a 40 watt pulse laser that shoots, you know, whatever, right? It just says open, right? right. So the, 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 you know, p- putting something in open, it, it doesn't really help us evaluate whether that's viable. And the other thing is, so really the only way that we could evaluate limited optics as, as viable as a division or whether it needs to be potentially rolled into a, a carry optics or you know any sort of, of decision, the only real way to do that is as a provisional division. So the, the point about a provisional division is that while yes, in the past, we basically make a provisional division and it basically happens, right? You know, it's, it's not necessarily clear what the, the metric is by which we're evaluating participation in the sport. If it pulls away, you know, all these questions about, you know, we're trying to get more members, blah, 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 whatever, you know, that, that literally is not like any, any part of the primary decision-making there's a recognition that slide bound and optics on limited gun are becoming a thing. And in order for us to be able to evaluate that and see, Hey, does this, is this viable as a division by itself? Um, is this something that the participation should shows that it really should be part of carry optics? You know, there are a number of possibilities at the end of the assessment period. And that's all spelled out in the bylaws, right? We have to evaluate for a minimum of 12 months. And that 12 month uh, period is going to be evaluated by, you know, activity at the club matches, right? I mean, if, if we see that 
20% of activity is into limited optics, okay, like this might be a thing, you know, and, and, if, and let's say that sustains and we get 25% participation in the second year, you know, then clearly there's a demand for that. And the demand is not necessarily about nationals or, or diluting the talent pool. You know, if you go back to what you've, you've brought up a couple of times, Tom, you know, it's at the clubs, right? I mean, if you get guys, if you get, you know, 10 more people shooting your match and they're like, because I can shoot this limited optics gun right now, then okay. You know, if that's mirrored across, you know, the, the rest of the organization across the country, you know, a membership increase is a nice to have, but it's not necessarily a primary decision metric. At the end of the day, we can only evaluate this technology by creating a provisional division. And it's, and it's, the, it's the quickest way for us to be able to do so. Because if we were to evaluate it in any other existing division, you would be waiting over a year because we would have to figure out like the rules and do this and whatever, um, you know, at least as a provisional division, that's something per the bylaws that we can implement much quicker. And there's a defined, uh, there's a defined analysis on, on how that, well, how a provisional division would be measured. If we tried to roll it into carry optics, you'd be waiting a year minimum. So, so oh, if ahead, we... If you guys decide to make that division provisional, how soon will that be like available? Like we're talking like a month or two, or are we talking a little while? Um, so that was uh, I had a discussion with Ken Nelson about that. So we we want to try to get uh, give him a little bit of time to just uh, a little bit of heads up to actually be able to create that ba uh, that back end. So they would be able to kind of push that out on the next updated practice score. At the same time, uh, when I spoke with Ken, you know, you can actually do that manually. Um, you know, there's a couple other things that we need to go through in terms, and that's leading up. So this is all the prep work that would have to happen if we were to actually approve this, right? So, you know, you, there's no way for us to separate uh, classifiers, right? So if somebody wanted to show up and shoot limited optics, it's like, okay, you know, you're not going to get a classification, you're probably not going to get a classification, but you will have a classification That was my score, next right? question is like, are you going to like use limited scores in the meantime, or it just won't count for this provisional period? Uh, I, I had that discussion with Jake and I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but it, if, if it became a permanent, if it became a permanent division, then at some point, yeah, you would have that classification, but in, in the interim, it's like, okay, well, we're collecting scores and look, I, I get it. We are, you know, we're going to try to do the best job we can and coming up with realistic, you know, hit factors, but at the same time, understanding, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a guess. Right. Well, you'll Tyler. get a lot of paper GMs if you do something wrong, right? <laughs> so, and actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Tyler, because that's exactly where I was going with this. The biggest mistake when it came to provisional divisions, which I've only been here for two of them, I happened to come in right when PCC, I think I was here two years after PCC, like that's when I started shooting PCC, I think I've been here around two years. Um that's when it started. Like it was two years before I got here. And then I started and I was like, Oh, the classifications, I was coming to the end of the open class classifiers being how they scored it. Like it, they had started to get almost enough that they were no longer using open classifiers as the scoring for PCC classification wise. That was the biggest mistake ever when it came to PCC shooters. I met guys that I was like, bro, that guy's a C class at best. And he was a grandmaster and it destroyed the rest of his shooting. <laughs> and I actually saw people quit when they tried to get out of P PCC because they were getting their, you know, heads kicked in because they were grandmaster or master in pistol and they're not even a B shooter. So it was like, that was the worst thing about the provisional for PCC. But 
I don't think if you were to give carry optics and limited optics, I don't think you would see a difference in those, those classifiers because it's literally a trigger. That's the difference. Uh, dropping a major minor. Well, but you wouldn't have major minor because it's all going to be minor. It, that's well. That's, that's they, just assuming, right. That's just what's that's just what's proposed right now. I would proposed assume. Doesn't. I would assume if you're bringing in the limited optics again, I'm going to make this clear. I don't give a shit. Okay, just don't screw up carry optics. Don't change my round counts. The the things awesome. I don't care if you bring. There's limited a reason optics. it's so perfect and right. popular. I don't care about limited optics. Person. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even care if limited optics is in carry optics. What I don't want is if you're going to put limited optics guns are coming in with magwells fine you want to put a magwell everybody gets a magwell don't just give me this one division gets it because it's again whatever it's just that when you sit here and you look at these divisions the guns really don't matter the guns don't matter right i mean listen you have to look at the shooter is the key right knowing how to shoot is the answer not the gun it, guns are awesome that you have to be comfortable with the gun but literally a 2011 i've shot both i like mechanic better that's just me personally that's just because what i shoot better i i just more comfortable with it but again it's if you're going to do that classification system it should be carry optics period right uh, in my opinion i just think you should carry it over so to, doesn't it doesn't have to be joined fault. together no and listen i don't care if they make a separate division it doesn't bother me either like either one works for me right but I, they should have a place to play and I'm going to tell you why I say that the more, the more that I coach is the more that I pay attention to who shoots what. And I've been seeing a shit ton of 2011s with dots, a shit ton, like to the point where I'm like, wow, interesting. Like you have no chance at winning <laughs> because you're shooting an open and they're shooting nine minor right now. It, that being said, they just like that gun. I don't think they give a shit per se about winning high overall. Right. I don't, I don't think that's not, that's not their goal. They just like to shoot that gun. They just enjoy that division. They enjoy that 2011. I mean, they're spending specifically spending money on that gun. They didn't just go, Hey, listen, I'm going to make this open gun. No, they bought that gun as a carry optics gun, right. Or as a 2011 with a dot on the slide. So they bought it specifically for that, knowing they can't shoot in any division in USPSA and have a chance to win. So now you're giving them an opportunity. What's wrong with giving people an opportunity to shoot a division or shooting, shooting what they want to shoot. That being said, I have a question for you, especially since you represent USPSA. Do you feel like new divisions bring new shooters? And before you answer that, do you feel like new divisions hurt our sport? Dude, I'm, I'm putting it on you now, baby. Let's go. Oh, shoot. I mean, any, any... <laughs> Answering that question really is is more of a gut feeling more than anything else, right? right? So without having that that data in front of us, you know, we ever, people thought that carry optics was going to destroy every division. You know, yes, it had a negative impact on production. It also had a negative impact on limited, believe it or not. You know, PCC was not this great beast that you know destroyed every division, right. um, but we, you know, new members. I want to ask you this since, cause that's a great point that you brought up. I feel, and I, I'd be interested to how you feel before we move on with the subject. Do, do you feel like the reason why production has fallen off is because it didn't grow like carry optics did. So the problem in my opinion with some of these divisions is they're not growing with the times. So we're like, let's just say carry optics. It grew with technology. It grew with what people wanted. They wanted the rounds. They wanted the red dot. 
it's not the red dot per se that brings people in my opinion, obviously it's fun and everybody likes it, but it is another expense that you don't have to have. If you give somebody more rounds. You know, it was, I mean, really when they made the change from 10 rounds to 140 millimeter mags, I think that's really when you saw started to see the shift over. Right. I mean, Tyler and I, you know, we were, I started production. That's all I wanted to shoot. I, I remember, I basically just, you know, <laughs> I decided to shoot carry optics. I, I happened to have a gen one MP back in my TAC Tibby days that was milled for an RMR. And I'm like, Oh, look, I could put an SRO. I guess I can shoot carry optics now. <laughs> um, and it, it is, it's, you know, it's really fun. It, it's something that's a relatively easy barrier to entry, you know, and you can just, you can think about different things. Um, right. But I, Division divisions and bringing membership uh, that that wasn't something that was discussed at you know the board meetings where we're like oh hey we think this could bring in you know five six thousand members you know I think division divisions are really not what necessarily brings somebody into the sport I think what brings people to the sport is their awareness right I mean if we if you if if we could go around the room here and we go you know hey Tom how did you find out about USPSA how did Todd find out about USPSA how did Tyler find out USPSA you know we didn't I don't think any of us joined USPSA going like oh dude because I want to shoot you know open or PCC or whatever Um, we figured it as we got in (laughs) right I I think that's for all of us I mean you know my first match I showed up with a Glock 19 uh, that I shot in limited because at the time, you know, I had a Vickers mag release and a Vickers slide stop and that made it limited. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm shooting limited. And then you right. figured it out afterwards. So this idea that, you know, we look at divisions as a, a way to bring in more membership that, that it's really more about being able to evaluate the viability of a, of a technology. And at the end of the day, we can only do that for, through a provisional division, f- fairly nimbly. Right. We right. try to do it anywhere else. We, we're restricted by the bylaws and rightfully so to be able to ensure that members aren't having to deal with equipment changes, you know, last minute before nationals. Um, now, if, if it ends up bringing in more members, okay, great. But that's not a metric that I would necessarily, that we would necessarily look at. You know, membership numbers could be any number of things. It could be driven by, you know, inflation, cost of gas, you know, a, a bunch of other factors that, you know, we just don't that go far beyond just, oh, we made a new division. Now everybody's going to show up. Like it's, it's an easy, it's a straw man argument to a certain extent. I mean, I'm not providing limited opt. Uh, we weren't talking about limited optics to try to put, put more members. We're putting limited optics out there to evaluate, Hey, does this, does, does this have a place? And the, and the options at the end could be any number of things. You no, know, could be, yeah, it is a provisional division. It could be, no, there's really not a difference. You know, we see the numbers from the classifier scores and go, okay, the way that carry optics and limited optics runs, you know, they're basically one and the same. Um, you know, it could create something where, okay, now I've got an upper limit and a lower limit, right? So limited optics is do everything you want, except for putting on, you know, a comp and then carry optics becomes more of a production gun. Now I've got some actual divisions, you know, production, production with the dot, limited, limited with the dot. Again, these are all options. They're all possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way for us to be able to evaluate that is to actually do it. And it, you know, memberships and everything else like that, you know, that's that's not that's not as significant consideration as people believe. Yeah. So that's uh that's good to hear. 
uh, because I think that clears up some of the it does yeah the USPSA uh, internet warrior bullshit you know like was uh that's why I brought you on man because I I want these answers because this is kind of what I figured was the answer like this stuff like this because it's not um I don't think there's this big um, secretive group in the background like let's let's just do this baby and jack up some shit I just I think there's so many complex conversations with divisions that are you know there's so many different ways of doing it i have read since this came out probably 25 different ways of redoing all the divisions and i'm like dude is our shit really that broken like do we like i mean we really that broken right now that we have to completely change everything it's just it's it's interesting it's an interesting thing todd you were going to say something i'm sorry man I don't remember what, but I think uh, overall you'll see a little bit of decline in carry optics and people and limited in general and people moving to limited optics because there's, I'm seeing a lot of guys in our local area that are moving straight from limited because they like their 2011 guns and to open. Now they could take their three to $5,000 gun, get it milled for a couple hundred and go shoot a division with it instead of spending 3000 more dollars on a open gun. there's, yeah, it's a definite shift that I think we're going to see, and I like it. I mean, it does it does raise a really important philosophical question, though, right? I mean, is this sport essentially moving towards a dot world, a, a dot efficiency world? Um, you know, if we if we look back historically, uh, you know, back at the early two thousands, that's basically what USBSA was kind of turning into because it was just limited and open. And IDPA, you know, Bill Wilson at the time recognized that there was a place for a production gun. The guys that were in charge of USPSA at the time basically said, yeah, we, we don't, you know, we're all about racing. And then IDPA gets created. You, they come up with production. It becomes a huge hit. And then USPSA at that point has to acknowledge like, okay, there, there is a place for something other than race, uh, a, a race gun, right? Um, yeah. Good save, my, good save, good save. Coming from an Asian guy, good thanks, save, bro. Thanks. Hey, you're in California. You can't make a mistake. You better clean it up. That's an edit. Yeah. So, but but I mean, if, if you look at if, if you look if you look at I mean, if you look at irons right now, yes. I mean, is there a place for irons? Is there a place that it currently exists? That's a cultural question that I don't know that we can necessarily save irons from the march of history just because i don't think you'll save them but i think you will make it more competitive by getting more round counts that way regardless right. of what way it goes i think but a lot of people, people have talked to disagree huh? but i've heard both sides of arguments from like different grandmaster shooters that they think that it'll actually like make production shittier by adding more rounds i personally like more bullets now but I've I've heard the argument both ways. I kind of like the Eamon's point that he said about like production and production optics and limited limited optics. I feel like that would at least add some variance in the, you know. But I'd also don't want to dick with carry optics because it's such a great division. But I would also just transfer to limited optics eventually if that was the case. You know, like if I wanted to shoot twenty four rounds and then you know. But there's that's why we do the provision so we can see how it works and then if i think people from what i've talked to is they they're concerned that every time a rule has ever been made it's never been undone so they're worried about if you add this division it's not going to be a provision it's just it is it it is what it is now and it'll never change 
So I think it was good that you mentioned like, hey, in a year, let's reevaluate and let's actually do that and see, do we need to add this into carry optics? Does it need to be a different division? Do we need to change other divisions accordingly to add some like differences between the divisions? So it's not just carry optics and then carry optics with a magwell and single action. Like it's way too close, I think, for them to be different divisions, but and that um, was a follow-up that was a follow-up that i wanted to add to what you were yeah. saying earlier you mean was exactly what tyler said that is one thing uspsa should one million percent think about being transparent about is having a set of this is what dictates we're keeping or not keeping period it whether it's a vote from the members um we have this percentage of participation like okay we've got 50% of people have transferred into limited optics, or now we're seeing carry optics type of growth. Like obviously carry optics has grown into this out of what, four years, three years. I think it's three to four years. It's been around now. Five, I think. So five years, like 20, no, actually 26, 2015, 2016. So it's been almost six, seven years now. Yeah. Okay, so it's taken seven years for it to be the dominant, right? So really in the last two years, it's really taken over, right? Yeah. Really taken over. So do you have a, do you have limited optics for four years before you go, hey, this is it? But what I'm saying is, is we need some type, there should be some type of, this is how it's going to go, right? Like, even if you guys come up with something just loosely and go, hey, this is what we want to do, vote on it, see if you like it. Again, you can just tell people to pound sand and not listen to anything they say, but at least you make them feel like you're listening. Does that make sense? Because right. there's people that want to do shit that I'm just like, holy crap, we don't even have USPSA anymore if you want to do this. Like, it's not even close to USPSA. It's an IPSC match or whatever it is. So it's like, if you start like sitting down and like just giving people kind of a guideline on how things are done in that aspect, I think you'd see a different attitude from a lot of shooters right now. Again, I think you have just a handful of people that complain regardless, which that's every sport, everything that we do in life, but it'd be nice to kind of have that. Okay, cool. Like we know it's been a year. They're going to have a survey of like, this is the percentage of people that shot it. This is how many people that did classifiers with it. It's close to the U S to carry optics. So look, it's not the gun. It's the shooter. I think you, if you saw the classifications, I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, okay. Limited optics. Cool. It's just another gun division, right? They wouldn't go, Oh, it's because the 2011 is so much better. I think you'd see it's bullshit. <laughs> it's a great gun, great division, great or great system, but it's not, that doesn't make the shooter. Right. I mean, there, there, there was, there, there's been discussion that's already taken place in terms of, you know, how we would, uh, how we would analyze, you know, activity participation, you know, that's something that we should be able to put up on like say a monthly basis. Hey, this is month one of provisional division and this is what we're seeing. And again, the, you know, it's, it's about activity across all of USPSA. Right. right. So, you know, if, if you see a particular type of growth curve and you're not seeing this significant, drag away from other divisions then okay there, there's a certain assessment that you can make from that right um and again we, we oh, realistically are we going to find out enough data in 12 months probably not no you know, <laughs> i mean i mean seven years dude six years has been for national for carry optics to be the dominant division right you know, minimum two years. I mean, I think that's pretty yeah. much what uh, IPSC did. IPSC was basically evaluating production optics and production optics light for what, two, three years. They still included it in the world shoot because at some point you had the data there, but yeah. you know, they, that again, provisional does not necessarily mean permanent. I get that's the way it's been done in the past, but that is not 
you know, that, that is not the direction and that is not the input, the, the input that was given of like, okay, we're going to make this and it's going to be permanent. You know, there is something, you know, we are, there, there is, if it's approved, then yes, you know, this will be how we analyze the activity. This is how we're going to assess it. And it's going to be provided, you know, provided on a, a fairly regular basis, the membership. So they can see like, okay, yeah, you know, is at the end of the day, it's, it's an option, right? It's been asked for, got to evaluate you know, asking the membership and people that, that are interested to go out there and prove that, you know, this is something that, 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 that was wanted. So can you give me a guesstimate on how many people asked? Like, uh, I want exact numbers too. If you mess up your dude, you're getting where I'm not voting for you again. So <laughs> uh, can you give me a guesstimate on what you think? Is it 30, 40% of members, 50% that have asked for this division? Like, is there, is there any kind of hard data that you guys have on that? Like, do you, did you do a survey or does it just coming out of um, area directors, Matt, you know, that kind of stuff or how, how are you getting the information to say, Hey, this is what we obviously, all right. And I'm going to ask this question because this can get kind of nasty and sensitive sometimes with people, but have manufacturers come to you guys and say, Hey, listen, we really like to make this gun. Like, obviously you, as USPSA, we deal with a lot of manufacturers in the sport. Uh, like SIG's a big contributor. There's a lot of people that, you know, like staccato, which is used to be STI used to be a big part of our sport. Now they're kind of, now that they're 2011 things coming back around with the dot, they're kind of wanting to jump back into USPSA a little bit. Are these manufacturers coming to you as well as the members, or is it heavily more the manufacturer? Is it more the members? What, what is it? What do you think? I mean, you know, so kind of where is I mean, it? That, that discussion is really a bit more, qualitative right it's like sidebar discussions you know you'll have a right. member that asks you know that's we don't we know it's it's not like a um it's not like we have a, a a really fleshed out marketing media department that goes okay you know we receive x number of questions we are working towards that so right. that we can provide better data um there's definitely not a quid pro quo that i'm aware of where you know somebody goes hey if you if you make this a division, you know, here's $50,000 for USPS yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. That, there's, there's definitely, oh my God. Yeah. I, I wish no, that, there, there's, there's no quick pro. It's really more, it's really more business development type discussions where you go, right. Hey, you know, we hear this might be a thing, you know, we'd like to talk about, you know, the possibilities of, you know, where this fits and how we can support so on and so forth. They're all, they're all just very uh, vague, vague discussions at this point, you know, nothing right. again, no, no quid pro quo, you know, you're, you'll, you'll have area directors that'll, you know, comment that, you know, Hey, they're actually getting, they're actually getting significantly more requests from members that were, that they didn't see beforehand. Um, right. so there, you know, that, that's all kind of a holistic take on, is this something that needs to be evaluated? Um, like I said, I mean, ultimately all these uh, proposals and changes that are being put out there, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it was, it was intended to be put out there with sufficient time. Yeah. That was something that was definitely very heavily discussed. Hey, we need to make sure that the members have enough time to be able to provide their feedback. Um, you know, Rick, uh, Rick, our IT director, did a great job in creating a single email point of contact, uh, board at uspsa.org. So, you know, whatever you fill out on the survey, if there's some additional information you want to provide, I mean, we've been getting a lot of emails uh, from across the board uh, on, you know, what, how they feel about the subject in a way that a survey can't capture. And, you know, we're, we're tracking that. So it, at the end of the day, it's, it's about, it's about promoting a discussion of, of the, you know, the direction that 
we're, we would, we're thinking about taking the sport and getting that member input and, and, you know, adding that to how we evaluate the decision-making process. So it's, it's a healthy discussion. At, at the end of the day, it's really about the philosophy of, you know, Hey, why are we, you know, what is the point of production? You know, at, at the end of the day, that, that is a significant philosophical discussion, but well, it's one not of the a big things I hear is if we add all these bullets to production, it will no longer be a low cap category. So then like, what would be like, I guess, thought or argument to that, like, which I like okay. bullets. So let me rephrase that. I will shoot production if I could put all the bullets in the mag, but I know a lot of people are against it because of well, I mean, cap, a, a, low cap things. Well, that, that's, I mean, philosophically, right? Like when was production first implemented into USPSA? Where's like Todd at? That's our guy. He always <laughs> has those link, answers. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know, when Todd isn't disappearing, he's eating right now. I knew it. So what happens is Todd goes on here and all we get these chats with the he's link. Jamie. And he names it, he bangs it. Yeah, he's our Jamie from the <laughs> All right, Todd, hit it up. So, Google it. He's getting it right. So he's so, so his, like a madman. <laughs> so historically, production started what, like lay uh, roughly 99, 2000. So at the time but what, that production was first, was first created, what, what did we have in the United States? There was still what a federal assault weapons ban, magazine capacity ban, right? So production at the time did in fact reflect what a factory gun was at the time, you know, yeah. uh, a, a firearm that generally came with 10 round magazines. Now, culturally, that's developed into a low capacity division. Uh, but, you know, again, it's been what, 22, 23, we're going on 23 years right now, right? So fundamentally, philosophically, what is a production gun now? I mean, you can look at, yeah. you know, Tom Castro, right? A production gun, a canic rival, SFX steel frame gun for $600, $600. And what, you know, what we considered factory as sort of a bare bones type firearm now is a semi-custom firearm. You can get a semi-custom firearm for what? Six, six, $700, 600 bucks, two mags. It even comes with a damn holster. (laughs) Right. And and that's the kind of thing that I don't think anybody could have foreseen that as being production. And it's something that, you know, to a certain extent you're wrestling with, right? Is production more about low capacity? Is production supposed to be more about, you know, what I can buy from a dealer and, and still show up a match and shoot that as is, uh, you know, I mean, Tom, sometimes I, times probably, change. Yeah, it's just it is what well, it is. Well, you you could you could you could probably take a canic and hand that to any Billy Bob off the street, and they could probably be pretty decent with it, right? Oh, yeah, that's right off the bat. I think I think the I think that this is kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier, is that the sport, the divisions haven't grown with the other divisions. Like each division isn't growing. It's just one one division just explodes because it's the one that grew. So like right now, or it's, open, the, it's the new hot thing, right? right it's the well, new hot I, thing. I, I don't disagree with the new hot thing, but if you look at why people shoot carry optics, it's not just the, it's not just the dot. I mean, a lot of people love the dot, but there's a lot of people that pick that dot up and go, this sucks. Like I hate, I can't find it. I'm not, you know, they don't realize that it's them. them. <laughs> it's not the dots fault, but they, they pick it up because they're like, Oh, 24 rounds. I get to go faster. Well, if you have 
15 rounds in production, guess what? You get to go faster because you're not counting rounds. You're not worried about missing that popper. You have an extra round to make up the shot. That's what slows most people down because you have an array of 10. You're effed if you mess up. So now if you give somebody 15, they can be more aggressive, right? If you used to give somebody 10 rounds, they got to be a lot more conservative. It's like a single stack shooter. If you've ever watched somebody who shoots single stack, who isn't Rob Latham or Tim Heron, you have to be a little more careful there. You're not going to shoot a mini popper fast. You're going to make sure it stops, lands, soft, you know, nice trigger pull. You give them an extra five rounds. Those goods are going to rip that single stack gun even more than they already do. So again, it's the divisions have grown, but some of them haven't, right? Like single stack will never grow out of what it is because of the mag capacity, period. I mean, unless we change that. But production hasn't grown with the mag capacity that's changed in the world. When you can buy a Canic for 18 round mag, and it comes as a production gun. I think that's another issue with the definite, what's the definition of production, right? I mean, just the word alone production should mean from the factory. It's a production gun. You, you They've made the same gun, 10 million of them, right? They're, one of them is not more custom than the other. They're all the same production gun. So if you have that as the name of the division, it should be whatever that gun can be sold at. If you can, now, the, I hate the argument of 10 rounds because in New York, you can't have more than 10 rounds. That's bullshit. There's guys that shoot open in New York with only 10 rounds because that's the law. But somehow we still have an open division with 30 rounds in it, right? I mean, if that was the case, no other gun could have more. I know guys that shoot PCC in Jersey and New York that have to shoot 10 round magazines and do nothing but reload the whole time with a rifle. But guess what? We don't change the divisions for that. That's that's what that was like the dumbest ass argument I've ever heard in my life when somebody's like, oh, it's because of the 10 round rule in what <laughs> they you got to follow the rules of each state, but you still have more rounds There's everywhere like else in the same guns. That issue. Right. But it, regardless what the state law is, you just follow the state laws. Right. That That's fine. But you don't change a division just because of a few states. So it's like if you're at this point, production wise. And I, I I know there's some guys like I guess this is kind of where I kind of agree with some of the old school guys where they're like the gun should be production. I have no issues with the gun has to come out of the box and stay that way. I don't think that's bad. That's why it's called production. The whole point is, is to bring give someone where to land. Right. And that's what production used to be. But then now being in the sport for four years, I'm like, holy shit, production was like outrageous to get into. <laughs> like I needed seven mags, right? Uh, there, I needed a lot more rounds to go there. So it was like, or a lot more, I put a lot more money into production than I ever did into carry optics. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it was way cheaper to get into carry optics, but I, I mean, that that's also because the canic, you know, I mean, when I started in production, I was rocking a shadow, a shadow two and SPO one first and then a shadow two. So it, it just got to the point where it, it's not the cheapest division, right? It could be now, but it just depends on what, you know, people want to say, like, I don't know, I guess you could get into production and go, oh, well, you can't have, um, you know, aftermarket base pads because it's not production, right? Then you can get into that. So I just, it's going to be impossible to make everybody happy. It's just, that's kind of why I like having these conversations here and there, because I don't, to me, I don't really care. Um, but I just, in my opinion, I see those are the things that kind of keep people from going to those divisions is round count. They don't get to shoot comfortably. They have to count, you know, it becomes more of a, you just work in your brain more than just shooting. <laughs> some people <laughs> like that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I honestly really loved the reloading part or the stage planning of production. I really enjoyed that shooting. It was different. 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. once I was right. like, once I could shoot, once I could shoot 24 rounds uh, and just focus on shooting, that's why I like PCC so much. Cause I focused on just ripping, right. Being able to but focus on shooting and moving and all that stuff. Go ahead. Tom. Here's my big argument though. So times have changed. It's been 20 years. Go with the times. If you want to stick with 10 rounds or whatever, go to limited 10 or single stack. And I've had people tell me that they would just do that. Like if, you know, because you know, if you if you really want that challenge, well, the challenge will not go anywhere. It's just that division will no longer have that exact challenge you're looking for. I, I just, I mean, how does USPSA feel about having so many divisions? Because I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I don't think we have a lot of divisions, but maybe that's just because I don't shoot everything. I shoot a lot. I probably shoot more than most. But do does USPSA in general feel like we're we're every time we add something we need to eliminate something or is that just coming from the few? That hasn't that as far as I know with the discussions we've had that's that's never been brought up. Okay, that's um, what I was. There is I, I there is so there too. is a question there is a question about balancing that. But at the end of the day, let's see, open limited, carry optics production, single stack revolver. And PCC LCA and PCC. Yeah. So there's eight divisions. So if you put in, if you put in limited optics, that's nine divisions. Right. So if that, that, let's just say that's the provisional is nine. And even if it's there provisionally, it's nine. So it's nine divisions. So at what point does something step on something else? It doesn't correct. Like, I mean, in other words, they all have, it's, they all have their own specific things. Correct. Yeah, they're yeah. they're all specific in their in their own way. So, at what point does like do we eliminate major and limited in general, like completely? Like, is that conversation ever had? Like, is minor versus major ever conversation ever had? Especially since forty has become basically obsolete in in the outside world, other than what we do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there, there's forty guns. That, but- well, that that conversation about major minor power factor, yeah, that that's not just within USPSA. That's also within you know IPSC as well. Right. So you talk about 40, 40 major, you know, they, it's a lot harder for people to reload 40 overseas and they're having to buy factory and you're talking what, like a dollar, a dollar around. <laughs> so even, <sighs> even, even within, <sighs> even, even with the international community, you're starting to see them shift towards nine. Now the question is, is okay, well, do we, you know, I don't think that would be a, that would not be a very quick process at all. No. Do you, do you, you know, do, Again, okay. Well, let's say it's a single scoring system, right? Single, single power factor. Everything major, gets, everything major. But, even if it's nine millimeter, one twenty-five. Let's go, let's go. That's that's I, my I, change. I, I, I want all high capacity. I want high capacity. I want no rules. Let's go. <laughs> well, then you know. Then I, I saw. Yeah, I saw. Um, Rob Latham kind of talk about the reason why power factor is one twenty-five you know, for a certain type of, of round. And, you know, it's, 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 it's important to kind of know that kind of history. So you, you kind of know why. Um, so when people go, well, you know, production has always been 10 rounds. Okay. Well, why was it 10 rounds to begin with? Yeah. Because that was the, his, that was the political, that was the political environment at the time. Right. Does that right. mean that it should still be that case? Right. Again, the, the answer isn't necessarily yes or no, but it's worth understanding where we come from. So we know like, okay, you know, Todd here posted that it was mostly for stock guns. Well, what exactly is a stock gun in 2023? I mean, 
if, if yeah, somebody Kanik is not a stock gun, bro, I'm telling you, like that gun is uh, that gun is, is perfect out of down. the box. But it, but <laughs> but it's a but it's a factory gun yep, that is right. stock yep. from the factory, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. And if that gun first came out when they thought about production, they would have been like, no, that's not a production gun. Yeah, well, yeah it oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Open. <laughs> right. You actually have or, to, or I, if I'm correct, I think you have to modify the gun to be worse in Ipsic. Like, I don't think that gun is Ipsic legal to trigger. I don't think there's enough press tension on the trigger. Uh, uh, three pounds. Yeah. So pounds. is it, yeah, I can't remember. Is it enough? I, I don't know if it uh, makes Striker, it. Striker fire standard is three pounds. And okay, it's, so it's it also something. It. Yeah, but it's it's something okay. that's acknowledged as well. You know, you right. striker fired. You have a. It's far more restrictive with a striker fired gun than you can yeah. with uh, a steel frame double action gun. Right, which is racist in itself. I'm just saying that's just fucking bullshit. I'm just saying it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking striker haters. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I guess my last question for you. Um, and actually I, I will, I will open it up to these two guys. I want to make sure that they have, if they have any specific questions that they want to ask you, uh, I'll start with Tyler. Go ahead, bro. You have any questions for you men specifically that maybe I didn't ask? I'm sorry. You cut out. Did you say oh, me or Todd? Uh, no, Tyler, go ahead. I was wondering if you okay. had any questions for you men that um, I didn't ask. See. So let me go over my notes really quick. So, all right. Two things, right? So um some of the arguments i've heard about like adding capacity to production like either to 15 or whatever or to 17 or whatever is people like oh what if people cheat i'm like i guess my thought on that to people that think that is why can't anybody just cheat with 10 rounds and throw 12 in there now so it just really comes down to the integrity of the shooter and you just if you want to be a cheater then hopefully you get caught and dq'd and banned so screw you um and hopefully if it does become 15 and not like standard capacity then you know just have some integrity and shoot like how you're supposed to um and then the other thought was and you guys have probably talked about it you men but um if we did change the capacity to on production then is there like a and this this credit goes out to aaron english he wanted me to throw his name out there Oh like, my god. Really, uh, <laughs> do you have any thoughts? That is getting on... edited out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any thoughts on what the hit factors will be changed to like like just a 2% or like bump and like you know cuz clearly if we change the capacity to higher in production we're going to get a lot of paper GMs unless we do something about all the hit factors on classifiers immediately. Dude, good point. I never thought about that. That does change a lot mm-hmm. so yeah, so for your, your, your so your for your first point about capacity um it it is it's pretty complex i mean i i uh, i was talking with the australian region director who's who's been around i mean he was around when mike voigt was around and so he was a really good source of history about the discussion uh and even for him you know this the decision about a decision to go to 15 rounds was something that was pretty arbitrary, right? So it's not like 15 rounds was picked because it made the most sense. 15 rounds was kind of picked because that was like the best compromise at the time to avoid. It's a sweet number, just saying, sweet number. It, for production, well, it, not for carry optics. I'm just saying. I'm it, just saying. It might have it might have happened to work out that way, but you know. And then I'm talking with Jared Fox about you know 15 rounds, and it it, it is honestly at the end of the day, um, 
you know the 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 international ROs were like, dude, we can't count to fifteen any more than you can count to ten, right? That's what I heard. It was like not really enforced. Yeah. Per se. Well, and so I mean, like, the, but the thing of it is, is it is you know the the reality is that most of us that were, I mean, look, you, you and I were in production, right? Like you instinctually mm-hmm. just counted, right? Yeah. And after yeah. having worked matches, I mean, even for me, there is moments where I'm going. Wait, was that eleven or twelve? Dude, you're Asian. You're supposed to be the math dude. If you can't oh, do it, we're no. all screwed. Oh, 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 I am so not a math Asian. Right? If, I was, if I was a math Asian, I'd be doing I'd be doing something different. That's but awesome. you know, again, it, it's, it, it, it is you know, there is a little bit of the honor system, and for the most part, you know, for the most part, we very rarely see somebody yeah. intentionally, um, you know, breaking the rules and flaunting it. Right. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a discussion to have on both where it's okay. Is 15, you know, is it, is it difficult for the ROs? Yes. Is it a better reflection of what a production factory gun is right now that makes it somewhat more accessible to, uh, the members that shoot at club matches, which really should be a, a more significant driving factor than anything else, then okay, you know, again, these are all options. Um, now, as far as the, the the hit factors themselves, yeah, that that would probably have to be a discussion that takes place, especially if we get to say the end of um, if we get to the end of twenty twenty three, right, and the the idea of increasing magazine capacity becomes. Um, something that the membership are really looking towards and supporting in whatever format that becomes, uh, then that becomes a real question of how, how we, how we evaluate that. And the, as far as I know, there's, you know, we're, we're basically trying to do this in a vacuum and I would, you know, it would be nice for us not to necessarily make a guess. Um, that's why I'm bringing it up now. So we have a whole year to maybe think about that. Like, <laughs> I think you should make it a provisional division. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> it's an existing division already. So I don't no. care. Let's We're just call make it provisional. provisional. From now on, if you want to change your grips, provisional division. You want to put a uh, slide ride or something? <laughs> we do production light and production heavy. <laughs> oh my god, I love provisional divisions everywhere. Oh. Uh, uh, how many divisions? And you're not a math guy, so we're screwed if you're in charge, bro. I'm just saying we got to get another Asian in there and get help. Yeah. Get some help over there. Or you just make the hit factors kind of like maybe ridiculously high for a little bit and see where they land to try to maybe not allow people for a time to like jump up in classes that they don't deserve yet and then so, after you know and then evaluate the and then redo the hit factors maybe i don't know. i, I want to clarify something with the hit factors because i don't think i think it only depends on specific classifiers so the ones that have yeah. a lot of movement and high round count like there's one where you're shooting 24 rounds uh that's going to change because you have you know one reload instead of two reloads so that's going to change that hit factor but the ones where you're standing and shooting eight rounds that's not going to change, right? Like that won't change. So maybe, maybe what you do is remove the ones that have the extra reloads in it and don't even allow those to be classifiers for those at that time. Then once we have everything set and standardized, then you can throw those back in there. So you just limit the ones for that specific uh, mag change until, until you have enough time. So again, that's the problem is it becomes almost a provisional division because you can't give them all the classifiers because anything that has 24 rounds, you're going to eliminate an extra reload. Or right? you just make the hit factors the same as like limited on those ones. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that. I I don't know for, enough for about time. that. So they know. changed the hit factors for that just for so that nobody's. I, I that was the thing though. They do they care? Like that's a lot of extra work to. But then at the same time, if you get you know you you'll get some paper GMs. But at the same point, most of those guys probably aren't going to show up to a major, and if they did, they'd probably get demolished anyway. Right. So it's like whatever. But yeah. mm, it's you know. it's. I mean, we are we are actually going through the process of evaluating uh, classifiers next year. You know, potentially retiring some or modifying some. Good all so movement they, from now on. Everything should be moving <laughs> because that's what the sport is. There's rarely oh, and eliminate that Virginia count shit. Listen, you're the president. Get rid of Virginia count. That shit is stupid. No one likes it. Not even the people that say they like it. They only like it because they did good. Get rid of that shit. Thank you. That's it. I would say keep Virginia for level one matches so we can make some of our stages like interesting and stupid, but like, you know. So I, I will say the biggest problem with Virginia count is it's very hard on an RO. That's a very difficult stage to score if they're not experienced. So sometimes you'll get people like they don't understand the extra shot, extra hit. Uh, the extra shot, not an extra hit. That that's a very difficult for people to. I, I saw it at nationals with experienced ROs that were like, extra shot. Was it an extra hit? Was it not? I mean, and again, they got it right, but it was just like, holy shit! Like the fact that you have to think that hard about a score, that's difficult. Right? We should direct them to the NROI podcast for. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you answer Tyler's second question? We did, right? I feel like it. We yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah, about the about, about the hit factors. factors. Yeah, yep. about okay, the hit cool. Yeah, I, good good point, yeah. Tyler. I'm glad I I'm glad you brought that up because I never even thought about it. Oh, oh, Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> good job, bro. That's a great job. So, um, all right, Todd, go ahead, man. You had uh, your questions to uh, Yemin. Go ahead. Um, the question was on the provisional round. Is it? I haven't fully read the rules. Do we have to stay at a year, or can you extend that after if you don't have enough data? Uh, no, it could definitely be extended by year. So minimum is 12 months. Uh, at the end of 12 months, there's a number of options that are available, which uh, up to and including, hey, we, we need 12 months for uh, extend the, uh, the data collection process. So there's a minimum for, for the provisionals. You have to do it for 12 months? Uh, hold on. Let me take a look at that right now. Come on, Todd. You suck, man. It's, that's your job. I, I was like, I knew this. have that shit down. You can't leave that shit up to me and Tyler. We're the talent. You're not the talent. <laughs> I just sit here. All the talent. Tyler, Tyler just sits in the background. He's just like, whatever, I'm dude. Just dry firing. <laughs> like, your gun blurred out, dude. Don't don't show that thing. <laughs> it blurred dude, it, dude. Oh, it's a, it, a green screen now. It's green uh, screen. I was just going to say I that. <laughs> I actually got the new aluminum lock grips. Very nice. Yeah. You like them? They're very nice. Is it the weight or is it texture or is it both? It's oh. the texture. It feels like silicon carbide, lightweight? but without the silicon carbide. Very lightweight. Nice. Yeah. Uh, You're yeah. in the wrong so, direction, dude. You got to go heavy. After after <laughs> initial uh, after initial review period, we can either remove provisional status, making it a permanent division, or to no longer pursue data collection. You can also adjust the uh, equipment rule set, and then you can also extend provisional status for up to additional twelve months. During that time, you can't make any equipment changes unless required by law. And at the end of 24 months, we either need to vote to make it a permanent division or end the data collection on the proposed division. So 24 months is the max time then. Okay. Cool. So at that point, when 24 months rolls around, it's either keep it or get rid of it. Yeah. Well, that's the way the that's the way the bylaw currently reads. Interesting. Nice. 
I mean, two years gives you some good data, I would assume. Do you do, I'm assuming that, are they going to start trying to push the surveys a little bit more, like on this type of information, like this kind of stuff, just to kind of keep people, I guess, happy with what they've been asking for, like to open up a little more information? Are you guys going to start pushing the surveys a little bit more for this kind of stuff when you do the provisionals? Like, hey, do you like it? Do you hate it? You know, that kind of stuff or no? Um, I, I think we're still going to be continuing with the survey process. Uh, part of it is uh, us really working through the process of developing adequate surveys or just adequate data collection from the membership so that, you know, not just asking, you know, so that we could get good data. That That is still kind of a work in progress. We're getting better at it, but, yeah. you know, as, as depending on how you work the survey, that kind of influences the data that you get from it. Right. Yep. Todd, you got anything else for him, brother? That's really it. And I just want to reiterate that I like the survey part and I really hope we get the data on it. But listening, the survey part at least lets us know that our conversations not necessarily always went past our board, our board of directors or whoever you're talking to, but we know at least the voices are heard and accounted for in the survey. Right. Very good. All right. Um, Yemen, you got anything? Any questions for me? You have any questions for the guys? Do you have nope, anything you want really, to talk about? Really, anything we missed? Really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you guys having me on the show tonight. So just for everyone else uh, that's listening, you, uh, the survey is probably your most efficient way to let us know what you think about the proposed changes. Uh, that'll be on the uh, USPSA website. You can also email us as at board at usbsa.org. That'll reach all the relevant personnel uh, that will have a say. Uh, and last but not least, these are all just proposed. The only thing that is actually coming up for vote is the rules audit at the end of January. So if you have something specific about the rules changes and the potential for limited optics to become a provisional division, again, it may not be passed. There are a lot of options that are out there, but those are the only two things. Everything else equipment gear related, hey, we're, you guys get a whole year to talk to us about how you either love, hate, or how you would modify the idea. That's awesome, man. Dude, I think it's, uh, I'm really glad to have you on. It was, um, there was a lot of information. I feel like I had a lot of conversations about that weren't public online. So it was nice to have these uh, get answers for some of the stuff I asked for me personally, because I definitely had some questions. I, I mean, I had some answers that I figured were exactly what you answered because, uh, you know, you're, you're the president and you're supposed to know everything and you're supposed to have the answer. And if you haven't fixed it in four months, you're terrible at your job and you should be instantly fired and banned. oh you did oh, not that, say that's, banned oh that's, tyler that's you're I'm, next uh, <laughs> you're next that's that's why i'm switching to pcc <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you got a whole group of people that are definitely yep. not voting for you now bro um but before i let you go got, do you have anything to say for your oh go ahead todd i've got one last thing i think i did actually listen to the drno d or whatever toys podcast, <laughs> the podcast. changes NRI podcast and the one thing that he they said and i wanted it brought it up when you're talking about it at the end was social media posts are not the way to get stuff across to the board what the surveys and the emails are the way because and i think they said it you listened to it probably five or six times at least during that and how much do you guys actually, do you even read anything on it or do you just pay attention to what comes across the email and the surveys going forward? 
Um, I mean, the social media stuff is is a, a survey at best. I mean, it's not it's not really good data. It, it really isn't good data, right? I mean, dude, you're being know, very we, politically correct right now because that shit is not a survey. <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> Uh, you know what? You know what? I I did not think this was possible, but like I thought I was going to do a lot more on social media, and then I took over as president, and I'm like, dude, I don't even have time for social media. Like, I'm it's like emails and phone calls. Like, that's really taking up a lot more of my time than I even thought possible. So you know, this this idea of like, hey, I'm gonna try to communicate to the membership through Instagram. Like, I I get you know with these updates. I mean that that was what I thought in the beginning, and then I get done at the end of the day and go. Uh, when was I supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. So you mean that's why there's a there's an actual job of a marketing director, so that they're supposed to do that stuff, and you're supposed to do the presidential stuff, right? Well, the presidential stuff is is also you know communication, right? And so that's that's uh, you know that's part of the the learning process, figuring out you know, how to get how to push out a message, you know what avenues to push that out, what uh, sources, you know what media to use. So it's all it's all a work in progress. Yeah. I actually, um, I tried to have Troy on the podcast. Um, I hope this podcast will nudge him in because I have so many questions for him about his job. His job is terrible. Like he's got one of the worst jobs in my opinion, in USBSA. Like you just can't, he, you can't make anybody happy in his job, but I'm very interested in his process of how he does things. Like the, the Colorado thing was amazing to me. Like, obviously it sucks. It happened, but like how they rebounded and found staff and, and changed. I know what it's like to find ROs just for your local. <laughs> like I can't imagine doing a national level, like, you know, Jake's job and uh, his job, Troy, uh, Troy's job are two jobs that I don't think I'd ever want. Like, they just seem like miserable freaking jobs. Like just, they're just a lot of working parts and you have people hate you regardless of how good you do it. Um, but it's just like, I, I would really like to have him on. I have a lot of questions for him. So hopefully, you know, he understands that this is a peaceful place. I'm not here to, you know, hammer people down. I just, I have lots safe of place. questions. Yes. Yeah, well, it's definitely no safe place, but I would just really like to have that conversation. I have a lot of questions for like arbitration is a big thing. I'd like to talk about to him, like how the process works, those things, like how we find staff, the process of finding staff. I just, there's a lot of stuff that he does. I don't think he gets credit for um, just like you. Oh, you should just, you should just talk to Todd and Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I need some guys for arbitration. Hey, yeah. you guys, you guys yeah. know what you're doing. Come over here and that this arbitration. Right. Well, that's yeah. why I wanted to have that. That's why I wanted to have them on because there's some stuff with that happened in my arbitration, which I had one that, that Todd and Tyler knew about. So it changed the way they did their arbitration because of my experience and my, my complaint with the way I was treated or my case was treated. And I, I was treated. I didn't even have a conversation. That was why I was so frustrated, but it was, it was interesting how, because of them having experience with me or he- hearing about my experience, they said, Hey, wait, 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 we need to make a little more effort and and hear the whole story and not just listen to this little piece of paper that they wrote on. So it was just interesting. I just like stuff like that. I like to talk to them about, I think, I'd like to have him on regularly because there's a lot of stuff that he deals with. Like, this is a great example. Like, look at all the stuff that we just learned with having you on. Like, dude, there was stuff that we that came up that I was like, oh, shit. Like, Tyler, Aaron bringing up the comment about classifiers. I would have never thought twice about adding rounds changes classifier scores. Oh, well, shit. That absolutely changes things now. Like, you have to think about that when you change a division. And I would have never thought about it. It's just, I guess I just don't care about classifiers at this point, but a lot of people do. 
and it does change things for, for shooters. So, but uh, yeah, man, it was awesome having you on, dude. I, I'm really, really excited to have you on. Um, and I hope to uh, have you on more. Like, uh, you know, I would like to have you on maybe once a month and just kind of have updates. Um, dude, I'll sit back. You do the talking and just kind of let you let That's you do impossible. your thing and kind of oh, bullshit. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Did I let you ask him a question, Todd? I'm just saying you can't. I know you don't get to talk. That's it. Shut up. Enough out of you. No one cares what you have to say, Todd. Wow. um, Yeah. So that's. I mean, I just. Go ahead. Are you going to be back for Florida State or? Um, I'm. I'm not going to Florida State. Fair enough. So I'm not going to Florida State. Um. I'm not going to Florida State. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Uh, I will be wait, back wait, for the Pan American. You're, you're going to be back for the Pan American Extreme, so I'll yeah. be shooting the pre-match for that. Um, yeah. I'll try to stick around Thursday. Uh, there's some there's some stuff I need to talk about with Gorka, and then you are definitely going out to Puerto Rico, right? Uh, no, not going to Puerto Rico. So oh, I, um, I thought you were reg for Puerto Rico. I wasn't invited to Puerto Rico. <laughs> well. I mean, you know people who know people. It's just not a match that I would be able, I would want to pay for. Um, so that's all. Like, yeah, fair enough. This year is this year. I'm trying to grow my my business as well as my personal self in in the shooting world. I'm trying to work on some sponsorship stuff. Um, I don't know how that's going to work because I don't. I'm not really good at asking for stuff. Like, I don't know. I just that's why I'm big about sponsorship in this sport because it should be a give and take. Um, and a lot more giving than taking. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I'm not good at it. I've always been like work really hard. That's why this sport to me is very difficult because I bust my ass. I work really hard at this sport. I work to get good. And that doesn't always equal sponsorship. So, um, and just kind of how it works in this sport. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So, but, um, either way it is what it is. And uh, I hope to see you actually, when I come over there, I'm going to come, uh, I have a couple of classes coming up. I have a class in Georgia on March 11th and 12th, uh, Illinois, May 6th and 7th, Texas, 20, May 27th and 28th. Wow, that's very busy. Um, South Carolina, June 10th and 11th, and then California, June 15th and 16th. And I actually just uh, signed up to do a class in Pennsylvania. Let me see if I, I think I put it in my calendar here, hopefully. Yes. So I have a class in Pennsylvania on the 15th and 16th of July now. So I just finished uh, doing that and I'm actually trying to get a class in Michigan. So my goal this year was to really like bang out some classes. Like I want to do this for a living, dude. I I really enjoy the shit out of coaching people. So I'm trying to grow that part of my life. But uh, in California, really, like I really want to do some classes out there. I really enjoyed the shit out of that class. Um, Dude, I didn't know it got cold in California. Like yeah, it was it freaking cold at that range, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've got an atmospheric river showing up in about 10 hours. So everybody's preparing for the storm of the century again. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> the storm of the century. Oh my like gosh. It get, no. Like it gets, like, uh, it gets 60 and everyone's like, Holy shit. It's over. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be like eight inches of rain in the next day, which is, Oh, yeah, it's a lot more than we normally get. Yeah, yeah, you, it, yeah. it doesn't rain there. Everything's in a drought, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. not right now. We yeah. apparently have a lot of snow up in the mountains, but we're still in a drought. So we'll be, nice. we'll be in a drought. It was crazy seeing uh, some of the photos recently of 
of yeah you guys were flooded richmond like last week i mean that was I, I don't remember ever seeing pools of water that big when i was there like that's crazy well that that actually drained pretty quickly if it was it was okay if it was around if you were around when i first started yeah it, those, those lakes would have stayed out there for about two weeks yeah. gotcha all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. If you, um, uh, Yeeman, you want to give your Instagram stuff so that they can all follow you in case you start posting up some juicy stuff for uh, USPSA or no? Oh, God, I think you I think you already tagged me on your post. What is it? Yeeman.land at whatever. Yeah. I think whatever. I'm the only one that's out there. <laughs> so that'll tell you he doesn't oh God, care about social media. No, it's more like. <laughs> Wait, what's my Instagram account again? Oh, right. I don't know, but I'll try to it's remember to tag the proper introduction <laughs> distribution. Tom will just tag Tom will tag it and we'll make sure we put the surveys and stuff and all the rules in the podcast too on the way. So that means Todd, Todd will do that. Yeah, Todd will do all that. Know. I ain't I already doing know who's that. doing it. I'll be I'll be tagging you, man, and then Todd will do the rest because I ain't putting all that survey shit on my podcast. He can do that. <laughs> but yeah so go check it out go check out the surveys um that's the only way we get anything changed or get anything the way you want and if you don't do the surveys you don't read the surveys and actually follow the surveys and actually learn what's in those surveys you really shouldn't be bitching and complaining about anything so let your voice be heard put it out there and if they don't listen to you at least you gave it a try a try that's how it works you know it's it's not just your your membership it's everybody so all right guys thank you for joining me um really enjoyed it you men Appreciate you, brother. And Tom, always a pleasure. We'll see you on the range. Screw you, Todd. You don't get to say nothing. <laughs>